The text for the sermon this morning is 1 Kings 3, verse 9. We'll read that verse again, 1 Kings 3, verse 9. And it's uh, Solomon's request to the Lord in his dream. He, he requested this. It's a prayer to the Lord. And he says there, Therefore, give to your servant an understanding heart to judge your people, that I may discern between good and evil, for who is able to judge this great people of yours? Beloved congregation of the Lord Jesus Christ, the Sunday before last, uh, one, with 1 Kings 1, we saw how Solomon was anointed king over Israel. In chapter 2, he consolidates his throne, and in chapter 3, He's shown making a political move to establish himself as king by making a a treaty with the Egyptian pharaoh, sealing that treaty by marrying Pharaoh's daughter. That was a normal thing for kings to do in those days. But as we know now, it made trouble for Solomon's reign later on. However, at the time Solomon made that treaty and married that Egyptian princess, His determination was still to love the Lord and to walk in his ways, in the ways of his father David. And that's what brings him to Gibeon then. David had brought the ark of the Lord to Jerusalem, but the tabernacle and the great altar of burnt offering were still there at Gibeon. And Solomon showed his love for the Lord and his desire to serve the Lord in his kingship by going there to Gibeon and offering a thousand burnt offerings to the Lord on that altar there. And burnt offerings meant sacrifices completely burned up by fire. And the expression in that was then that there was a determination to give oneself completely to the Lord Solomon wanted to give himself fully to the Lord in his kingship. All that sacrificing of burnt offerings wasn't done in a day, so Solomon had to stay there overnight in Gibeon. And the Lord appeared to him in a dream then. He was was pleased with Solomon's determination to serve him, his devotion And he said to Solomon in verse 5, he says to Solomon, ask, what shall I give you? Wonderful that the Lord wants to hear what Solomon wishes the most. And those words of the Lord God even remind us of the words of God's son, Jesus Christ, right? Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find Knock, and it will be open to you. Jesus Christ's one great sacrifice has opened God's heart to his people so that he wants to hear our requests and he wants to give us what we need to serve him. This morning, though, we'll listen to what Solomon asked of the Lord there at Gibeon, and I preach to you the word of God in the text this morning with this theme, Solomon's request at Gibeon. We see three things. First, how he asks. Secondly, what exactly he asks for. And thirdly, the fulfillment of his request. First of all, how he asked. 
Solomon asked, therefore, give to your servant an understanding heart to judge your people that I may discern between good and evil. That request congregation shows a number of things. We can learn a number of things from Solomon's request to the Lord in that dream. In the first place, notice Solomon asked God to help him with his task as king. Ask him to help him with his work. His responsibility as king was to judge the people. That's what ruling over Israel was about. Formulating good laws, making sure the laws were kept and acting as a kind of a supreme court in the land of Israel. Handling lawsuits, countersuits, ensuring criminals were punished, making sure those who were robbed got their possessions back again and the robbers punished. And Solomon asks, he prays, God help me do a good job with all that. He asks for help in his daily work to serve God and his people uprightly, to serve the kingdom. And that tells us something, congregation. It teaches us, first of all, that's something we ought to do too. Pray for our tasks and responsibilities. Our daily work in God's kingdom and his church. And in this world. Do you pray for God's help to fulfill your responsibilities every day? You know... It can have serious consequences if you make wrong decisions in your daily tasks. Think of Solomon. If he made a wrong judgment, the people would suffer as a result. If he judged wrongly in his court, that would mean that innocent people would end up condemned and people would lose respect for the laws of Israel. And of course, we don't have the, the task to rule over a kingdom over a nation like Solomon did, but we, we all have responsibilities, don't we? If you're a truck driver, or simply driving the car to go shopping, and you make a wrong judgment in traffic, it can have serious consequences. Or if you work in construction and you misjudge the placement of a beam and it falls, or if you make a mistake with the machinery on the farm, One misjudgment can have serious consequences for your or somebody else's well-being. And therefore, congregation, it's, it's so beneficial then to ask the Lord God to help you fulfill your responsibilities every day again. That's the first thing that comes out of the text this morning. And the second thing that I note here is that Solomon doesn't overestimate himself when he asks for that wisdom he doesn't think well I can handle this Uh, I'm smart enough no he asks God in humility for wisdom to help right at the beginning of his responsibilities as king of Israel already and he says at the end of our text for who is able to judge this great people of yours he accepts that he cannot do his task of ruling the people of God properly fruitfully without the Lord God's help. 
Oh, he could have reacted so differently at being anointed king of Israel. You know, it could have gone to his head. You know, that he was, he was just over 20 years of age. That highest position of king over those people could have, could have made him proud. Could have figured he didn't, he didn't need any help. He could tackle everything on his own. He would do things his way and everybody better listen to him. He was the chief of it all. And you know, that can happen to, to somebody given greater responsibility suddenly like that, can't it? You just get a higher position at your job and you walk around as if you're going to show everybody now how this job is supposed to be done. Order people around now. Or your new parents and you're sure at least you're going to be better parents than your parents were. You're not going to make the mistakes they did. You just get your driver's license and you drive 120 kilometers an hour and you figure you can handle it. You're not going to, you're not going to cause an accident. But Solomon prays humbly to God for wisdom right at the beginning of his kingship. And that already shows wisdom, of course. And it tells us, don't, don't overestimate yourself. Don't be blind to your dependence on God who has everything in his hands to fulfill your tasks and responsibilities from day to day. Be humbly dependent on the Lord God. Because it, it could also be the other way around, of course. That when you, when you got that big promotion or when you became parent for the first time, you, you kind of were afraid of it at first, of the responsibilities, and you, you felt inadequate for the task, and you thought something like, like Solomon, you know, will I be able to handle this? But then things went okay, and over time you just assumed you had it all in hand. You lost your dependence on the Lord. And then you prayed less or maybe not at all anymore for, for his, his help and guidance. You leave home for work and get behind, you get behind the steering wheel of your car and you go to work. And you come home again after work and step in the door and you just presume it'll all go fine at work and on the road and back home again. And you lose your dependence on God. You just assume, presume. You pray less and less about those things until you just forget to ask God for wisdom and guidance and protection altogether. That can happen too. But Solomon's request shows us that we need to humbly look to God for that protection and guidance every time again. Sometimes the Lord reminds us of our dependence on him and our need to look to him. When something goes wrong at work or on the road and you think that that could have gone terribly wrong, and then you realize again how dependent you are on the Lord God. And you pray again. But do you still feel that dependence a week later or a month later? Or a year later? Do you still humbly ask him to watch over you? To give you wisdom and guidance for your task and responsibilities? And I can think of a third thing that, that comes to mind 
when you think about Solomon, what he asked for, when he asked the Lord God for wisdom to judge his people, you note, have to note that he actually doesn't ask for something for himself, but something that would benefit God's people. God's kingdom. He could have asked for wealth and celebrity and long life and happiness and all kinds of things for himself. But no, he asked for an understanding heart because that would benefit God's kingdom and be good for God's people. And see, that's asking the Lord God in faith. That's the fruit of faith in and love for the Lord God and his kingdom and church, that you pray for things with which you can serve God and his kingdom and be of help to the citizens of his kingdom. And that you pray for and look for training and later for work with which you can help others and serve God's kingdom too. Which job shall I choose? Which career? And that you ask that you can do that to the best of your ability at your pleasant, present place of employment. That you can work wisely and promote God's kingdom there too. Lord, help me to be a testimony to you and your grace at my school or my college, the college I'm going to. Help me to see where I can help others and promote your kingdom at my work. Help me not to be a stumbling block to my children, but to be a good parent and show your love and care to them so that they have everything they need to love and serve you. Help me to be of service in your kingdom today. That's so important to keep asking from the Lord God. Much later on, Solomon apparently took it all for granted. His heart wasn't in that kingdom service anymore. We need to humbly keep asking for those things from the Lord God congregation. For at the end of our lives, the thing God is going to ask us at the end of our lives is not whether we achieve this success in business or that success in academics or whether we can look back on our lives in self-satisfaction. I had a happy life. No. No. God will ask you then, what did you do for my kingdom? What did you do for even the least of these, my brothers? If you've only worked for yourself and demanded things for yourself, but basically done nothing for God's kingdom and church, then he'll say to you, sorry, no place for you here, because I don't know you. And then you'll end up outside his eternal kingdom in everlasting Darkness. However, there's still time at this time. There's still time to change, to repent, to seek the Lord's help and guidance. And there's only one who can help if you go to him, but you have to go to him with empty hands, and that is Jesus Christ, the King. Lord Jesus, renew me after your image. We come to the second part of this sermon what Solomon exactly asked for. Back to Solomon's request. Therefore give to your servant an understanding heart to judge your people that I may discern between good and evil. Discern between good and evil. 
Solomon certainly needed that to judge and rule Israel. Discernment means insight. Sight and insight are two different things, congregation. You can see things as they are, but insight is to be able to perceive what's behind what you see on the surface. Insight is to be able to perceive what's really going on. Like when you see somebody who's come to your door asking for directions. You see that person. But having insight is wondering, why does this person need those simple directions? What are the motives? And you then perceive he's trying to distract you because his buddy is at the back door trying to steal your laptop computer on the table. Seeing and insight are two different things. Well, Solomon asked for insight into things, for perception to see through things, to see the motives behind them so he can discern between good and evil. Notice those words. He doesn't ask that he may discern between what's profitable and non-profitable or between, between what is uh, beautiful and not beautiful or sophisticated and not sophisticated. No. Discern between good and evil. Good meaning according to God's will and good for spiritual life and what brings blessing and evil meaning against God's will. Not good for spiritual life. Not going to result in blessing. Solomon prays that he may discern the difference between those two, good and evil. That he may understand what's good in that way and what's evil. Discernment like that, congregation, is so important. Also for us in our daily life and tasks, isn't it? Something might look nice, nice house, two incomes to pay the mortgage, work day and night to get ahead. You see the nice house, but the insight is What will all of that mean for the upbringing of your children in the fear of the Lord? Might look good if your child has his or her own laptop with open internet. They become so computer smart, so many doors open for them. But insight is, is that really a blessing for their minds if they're on their own with that computer? It can look wonderful to have a good-looking girlfriend or boyfriend, but insight is, what is his or her character like? Does he or she have, a, have the desire to, to serve the Lord? Seeing and insight. That's where things went wrong in paradise already. You know, Eve saw the serpent, heard his friendly words. She saw the fruit on the tree, that it was tasty and desirable for eating. That's what she saw. But she did not have insight into seeing what the consequences of taking that fruit would be. The satanic motives behind the serpent's words. And she, she took and she ate and she gave it to Adam and it was evil. It brought a curse on the world and the whole of mankind. And that's how we are by nature too. Non-discerning. Only wanting to see but not discern. Solomon asked the Lord for discernment and, and for an understanding heart. Understanding, literally it says in the Hebrew, for a listening heart. A heart that really listens, listens to people. What are they saying? What do they really mean? But especially 
listening to God. Listening to God. What God says in his, in his word, his good ordinances. Also a heart that listens to what God says in your circumstances. God also speaks in situations which we run into. It's hard to explain. You can't just say when things are going well that God approves or that, and then when things are not going well that God disapproves. That's not, you can't figure it out that way. Still, you can discern, listen to God in the things that take place in your life. Sometimes when things don't go well, then you might perceive that God is calling you to change that he might be calling you to repentance. On the other hand, when things aren't going well, God could also be teaching you patience and perseverance. But the thing is, congregation, Solomon's request shows us we should also pray to God continually for a listening ear. That we not only hear what others are saying, but, that what, but what God is saying in his word. And so we perceive what he also is trying to tell us in our circumstances, the things we come across in life. We need to continually pray for that kind of understanding. Two Chronicles, it says about King Manasseh and the people at his time, and the Lord God spoke to Manasseh and his people, but they would not listen. They heard, they did not listen. Their hearts didn't want to listen. See, you can have read the Bible a thousand times and heard a thousand sermons and still not listened. Not realized that the Lord God is addressing you, warning you about that sin in your life. It's so easy to look in church at somebody else. Oh, that applies to that other person. No, you. Are you listening? And congregation, if, if, if that continues, that non-listening continues, you drift farther and farther away from the Lord who has given you such great and eternal promises. Solomon himself eventually became deaf and wasn't able to discern anymore either. And then he took hundreds of wives and he worshipped at the temples of their idols if we don't continually ask God for a discerning heart that listens to him, we also will drift away like that so that we don't see and hear anymore. Even when somebody wants to point it out to us, we don't understand what they're talking about. We need to pray continually that the Lord gives us hearts that truly see and hear. So then we've seen how Solomon asked and we've seen what he asked for. We come to the last part of the sermon, the fulfillment of Solomon's request. Solomon, congregation, Solomon prefigured the Lord Jesus Christ who is greater than Solomon. He said to his disciples, Some, someone greater than Solomon is here. But Solomon prefigured Jesus Christ in a different way than his father David. David prefigured the Lord Jesus in his humility and his rejection. Remember how he was pursued by Saul and eventually even by his own family, Absalom and so on. In David's life, we see that 
exaltation comes by way of struggle, suffering, humility. Solomon, though, foreshadows Christ in his exaltation after his victorious resurrection. Solomon prefigures how Jesus Christ, the exalted king, judges and reigns. And the Lord Jesus does that more gloriously than Solomon. Much more gloriously. He is the fulfillment of what Solomon could only prefigure. And he, we can think of three areas. In the first place, Solomon was wise and wealthy. God gave him not only wisdom and insight, also riches and long life, it says. But Jesus Christ is greater than Solomon in wisdom, in riches, and in length of life. He is wisdom from God. He makes wise to salvation. He is rich, rich in grace and forgiveness and the Holy Spirit and the heavenly blessings that come via the Spirit. And he lets his people share in eternal riches. And he has life in himself, he says. Can lay it down and take it up again. And he has obtained eternal life. And he lives to intercede for us always. And he shares that life with his own. He gives it abundantly. He shares his wisdom, his gifts, and his life with his church. How good it is to have Jesus Christ, who is greater than Solomon, as our king today. He gives us blessing upon blessing. In the second place, Solomon judged God's people. But many people still did not serve the Lord God uprightly. By God's grace, King Solomon was able for a time to give good example and dispense wise judgment and good, give good government. He built the temple. He organized the temple worship. He built the walls around Jerusalem. But he didn't give. He wasn't able to get all the people to worship God with their whole hearts. He couldn't reach the hearts of the people. But the one who is greater than Solomon, Jesus Christ, not only gives good example, perfect and wise judgment, he, as it were, destroyed the temple and built it again in three days through his death and resurrection. And by that, he obtained the life-giving spirit. And through his spirit, he can work in the hearts of people in your heart and my heart. That's something that Solomon couldn't do, never do. And Jesus Christ, our King, blesses and renews us from within so that we want to live and work for his kingdom. And in the third place, yes, Solomon gave good judgment. In the last part of 1 Kings 3, we're told how those two prostitutes came to Solomon with a dead child and a living child. And you know how he came to that wise and right judgment when he ordered that the living child be cut in two and each woman receive half, half of that baby then. What a wonderfully wise way to find out who the real mother was here, eh? So wise. People were amazed at that. But our king is greater than Solomon. One greater than Solomon is here today. 
Our Lord Jesus Christ judges rightly because he sees the hearts. He sees where Solomon couldn't see. Solomon had to draw it out of the heart there. But the Lord Jesus Christ sees our hearts. He called the Pharisees and teachers of the law hypocrites. He knew what was in their hearts. He knows what's in our hearts here today as we sit here together. He discerns who is upright and loves him, who may be hypocritical and just serves him outwardly out of custom or superstition. He knows the needy, and he fills them with good things and sent those who have abundance away empty. And congregation, on the last day, he will judge everyone perfectly justice with perfect justice. He won't make any mistakes. He won't misjudge then. Then two people will say to, to the Lord Jesus, I prophesied in your name and I ate and drank with you. Don't you remember? But he will look into the hearts and he will know if it's only outward form or if it's real. He will unmask every hypocrite But those who love him, he will welcome into his eternal kingdom with open arms, even if they were despised by others. He will say, come, you blessed ones, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. Amen. Let us pray. Gracious Father, thank you for showing us in your word to be persistent, but then also humble in prayer. Prayer for our daily task in life. To ask good things from you, too, then. To ask for a discerning spirit and a listening heart, which are so important for us to have as your people and to serve your kingdom. And in all our requests to remember that we can ask those things through our King, Jesus Christ, who is greater than Solomon, the perfect King. Hear us through him, we pray. Amen.